All right. Okay, let's read together. If you don't have the New King James Version, that's the version we're using. Uh, you can just read it with us on the screen. All right, ready, read. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, to which you are also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Lay hold on eternal life. And I don't want to talk on the subject, fight for your life. Fight for your life. Tell your neighbor you got to fight for your life. Hallelujah. Tell somebody else around you you got to fight for your life. All right, Father, thank you tonight for the word we're about to receive. I pray, Father, that you'd open our ears, open our eyes, and open our hearts, Father, to receive the word of God. Lord, do we thank you that, Lord, uh, eyes that see and ears that hear, they are from you. And so we intentionally open our hearts. We set our cups out to receive the word of God tonight. Speak tonight, Lord. Give me clarity of thought, clarity of speech. And I pray, Father, that your people will have no hindrance Nothing to restrict us from hearing the word of God tonight, Father. And as you sent your word to do something in our lives, let it do what you sent it to do, we pray. In Jesus' name, so be it. Amen. amen. And amen. All right. Fight for your life. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Lay hold on eternal life. Now, as we mentioned, I hear somebody's phone or something. Y'all turn that off. All right. Last Wednesday morning, Uh, we were talking about daring faith, daring faith, right? And I I alluded to that last Wednesday night in my introduction as we were teaching about, praise the Lord, we were teaching last last week on on the good fight of faith, right? And I used this scripture, Mark 5.34, from the Passion Translation. Remember the story of the woman with the issue of blood, Right? And she kept saying to herself, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. And she did it. She pressed her way. She didn't just talk faith, but she did the works that went with that. And the passage translation of Mark 5.34 says, then Jesus said to her, daughter, because you have dared to believe, because you have dared to believe, your faith has healed you. Your faith has healed you. Your faith can heal you. Your faith will heal you. He didn't say my power did it. Now, we know that power did go out from him, but he didn't give the credit to his power. He gave the credit to her faith because her faith is what tapped into his power. You understand that? So if your faith will heal you, your faith will also deliver you. Your faith will also prosper you. Your faith will also strengthen you. Your faith will also make a way because your faith taps into the power of God. Have faith in God. You got that? Now, I I shared that word dare with you last week. That word dare from the Cambridge Dictionary. It means to be brave enough to do something difficult or dangerous. Or to be rude or silly enough to do something that you have no right to do. To be rude or silly enough to do something that you have no right to do. Remember the story with Peter in Matthew 14? He begins to walk on the water. Verse 29, in fact. Peter's on the boat with all the other disciples. And they see Jesus Christ walking on the water. And Peter says, Lord, if that's you, bid me to come. Let me come out to you. And Jesus said, come on. Come on, big boy. You have that kind of daring faith? Come on. And the Bible says Peter climbed out of the boat. And he began to walk on the water of Jesus. Now, I know some of y'all theologians are going to say, yeah, but he began to sink. I don't care that he began to sink. Show me you walking three steps on the water. And then we can talk about Peter. 
Okay? So we've not walked three steps, two steps, one step on water. Let's not talk about him, him sinking. Amen? Because the Bible says even when he sank, Jesus Christ just simply reached his hand out and grabbed it, which meant he made it there. Jesus didn't jump down and swim to meet him. He just reached his hand out and picked him up. Amen? So when you have daring faith, you will do things that are rude or silly that you don't have necessarily a right to do. But daring faith gives you this boldness. That's what Lage was talking about. Walk in there and going to ask for this raise. That takes some boldness. And then the push it. That takes boldness. Then turn around and says retro. That's boldness. You understand that? And that's how faith operates. Faith is bold. I said faith is bold. Your Bible says the righteous are as bold as a lion. Right? So when we're righteous, we're supposed to be bold. Amen? Now, I gave you this other definition of the word dare from the Webster's Dictionary. And that's the one I want to uh, talk about more tonight. This word uh, dare means to have sufficient courage, to have the courage to contend against, to venture or try. Uh, I, looked, I talked last week about that word venture, and I talked about we get the word adventure from here, right? So faith is always adventurous. And I told you, if you're bored walking with God, you're not walking by faith. If you ever hear somebody talking about they're bored in the kingdom, in Christianity, they're walking in the natural. Because when you walk by faith, it's always exciting. It's always an adventure. You're always reaching forward to something that God has said, something that you believe God to do. Amen? Whether it's an adventure for you or an adventure for somebody else. Brother Kirkland testified about him praying for a friend of his. It wasn't his issue, but he went on an adventure with his friend and saw God bring the results that came from bold, daring faith. Amen? It's daring to tell somebody, lay figs on yourself. He, he, couldn't go to, he couldn't go to the Mayo Clinic. He couldn't go to Johns Hopkins. He couldn't go to any, any hospital in the whole world, and they tell him to put figs on himself. That takes daring faith to hear a word from God and say, do this and you will be healed. And what happened? He did that and he was healed. Amen? So faith is always adventurous. But look, it says here, to contend against. To contend against. And I talked about how last week how faith makes you a contender. Everybody say, I'm a contender. Contender means I'm a fighter. I'm a fighter. We're fighting the good fight of faith. And God doesn't need uh, wimpy, sissified Christians. Now, don't, don't y'all get offended by that. But I'm going to say it again. God doesn't need any wimpy, sissified Christians who face a battle, face a struggle, face an attack, and all of a sudden run with the tail tucked between their legs, hiding out in a cave somewhere. God needs Davids of the world who when the, who when the giant Goliath comes at you, you don't run away, but you run at him. Come on now, saints. People who are going to run right to the issue and face it head on. When you're a contender, you don't quit. Y'all got this here? There's no quitters in faith. I said there's no quitters in faith. You know why there's no quitters in faith? Because faith won't let you quit. Faith won't let you quit. 
Hallelujah. You know why faith won't let you quit? This is the next question. You know why faith won't let you quit? Because faith sees the end already. I know this is elementary to some of y'all, y'all people. But faith sees the end already. Now faith, Hebrews 11 verse 1. Now faith, come on, is the substance of things hoped for. Wait, wait, hold on. It's the substance of things hoped for. So what you hope for, faith is the substance. Faith says, I, I have it. And then it's the evidence of things not seen. It's the, what is evidence? It's proof, right? It's the proof of what I don't see. So if you, if, even if you don't see it, you have proof already. Amplified says, says like this, faith is a confirmation, it's a title deed. The title deed. The title deed. So if you, if you were sold a property somewhere in, in Mexico, right, and you got the title deed, you know people are moving to Florida, people are moving to St. Petersburg, sight unseen. Am I right about this, realtors? People are moving here sight unseen, which means they're not even coming to St. Pete, not even taking a tour of the house. They just hear about a deal. Okay, I'm, I'm signing. I want it because pe- people want to be here so bad. And they do all the signing. They do all the everything online. Never put their feet on the property. They do everything online. But when they do everything online, they get something in their hand called a title deed. So when they finally do come to visit their property, they come knowing that's their property. Ownership. Ownership. That's exactly right. They own it. They have something in their hand that tells them they own it. So if they come here and somebody else is squatting on their land, squatting in their home, they say, hey, you got to get out of here. Somebody say, no, this is my house. No, no, no. This title deed says that's my house. So faith says this is mine. Faith says I have it already. And when you have that, it will not let you quit. Faith gives you the right to fight. Oh, my. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Faith gives you, see, that title deed, if I come here, come to to some city with a title deed, and somebody else is living there, and they say, no, we're going to fight you for it, I say, fine. I'm going to fight you back for it, because my title deed says I have a right to fight for this property. Oh, this will help somebody by, by Tuesday. Faith says I have a right to fight because I already have something in my hand saying it's mine. That's why tonight I'm teaching you to fight for your life because I'm going to teach you that what you're fighting for is already yours, but you got to fight for it. You can't just sit there and let the devil keep taking what belongs to you. You can't keep letting the devil just snatch what belongs to you and say, oh, well, that's life. No, that's not life. Life is the life that God gives you, the life of enjoyment, the life of abundance, the life of peace. That's what your life is all about, but faith has to grab a hold of it. Oh, you hear me tonight? All right, now, now, go to the book of Jude, please. Jude, that's one book away from Revelation. Go to Revelation and then go one backwards. Revelation is his last book. Somebody say, well, where's Revelation? It's the last book. Okay. Then work your way back one book, all right? Jude only has one chapter. 
right? Verse 3. Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. He said, so contend, how? Earnestly. Now remember that word contend was part of the definition of, of dare. To contend for something here. To, to contend against. So he said contend earnestly for the faith. Now watch what it says here. For the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. So notice the faith was already delivered. Or, yeah, I'm sorry. Thank you. The faith was already, already delivered. Does you see that? He didn't say the faith which will be. He said the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. So it's already been delivered to you. But he says you got to earnestly contend for it. You've already received it, but you got to fight for it. Why? Because 1 Peter 5, right around verse 8 or so, talks about you have an adversary, the devil, come on now, who goes about as a roaring lion doing what? Seeking who he may devour. But look at verse 9. Verse 9 of that same chapter says this, resist him how? In the faith. That's contending. You got to fight. So the devil knows that faith has been delivered to you. He knows that the faith has been delivered to you. He knows that life, I'm going to show you here, that life has been delivered to you. So he, has, he, he raises his ugly head to fight against you to keep you from laying hold of what is already yours. Oh, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Look at this. Go to, go to uh, First Peter real quick. I'm, I'm, off, I'm off here, uh, media. Y'all just stick with me. Follow me. First Peter chapter 1. Because I'm saying there are things that have already been delivered to us. Okay? 1 Peter 1, verse 3. Are you there? I'm going to go through verse 4. Probably through verse 5. He says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his what? Abundant mercy has begotten us or birthed us again Again to a what? A living hope. King James, I think, says lively hope. Lively. Lively. Your hope is lively. Your hope is living. Not a hope for when you die. Oh, y'all better wake up. Not a hope for when you get over yonder. Some of the Christians are stuck with an over yonder faith. One of these days in the sweet old by and by, I'm going to get me a mansion up in the sky. Walk on streets of gold. I'm going to get me a brand new body when I get over in the sweet old by and by. And God is saying, no, I've given you a living hope. A 
hope in the King James. He says, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Did Jesus Christ already rise from the dead? So this is all past tense, right? Verse 4, to an inheritance, come on, incorruptible and and reserved in heaven, come on, for you. Now, there you go, Pastor. He's talking about reserved in heaven for when you get to heaven. No. He's saying that's where it's been reserved. But you can access it right now from heaven. Because, oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. <laughs> Glory to God. Media, just follow me here. All right. Now, he says to an inheritance, incorruptible. An inheritance, incorruptible. An inheritance, incorruptible. Now go to Colossians 1.12. Colossians 1.12. Hallelujah. 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 Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to one day in the sweet by and by. No, right now, to be partakers. Of what? Remember the, the inheritance we just read that was reserved for us? He says he's qualified us to be partakers of it. What does partake mean? It means take part. When? Right now. Are y'all seeing this? Is this helping anybody? Am I just screaming at myself? So he says you can be a partaker of it right now. And the devil knows that. So he's going to you tooth and nail to keep you from ever apprehending, from ever laying hold of, from ever manifesting this life, this inheritance that God has for us. So we go back to what he said here in Jude chapter 1, verse 3, that we've got to contend earnestly for the faith that was once delivered to us. We've got to contend for what's been delivered to us. We've got to fight for what's been delivered to us. Because you've got a porch pirate. Y'all know about porch pirates? Porch pirate, if you, if you get packages delivered to your house, Amazon, Walmart, whatever, people ride down your street, they follow the, the delivery trucks around. And when something get, gets delivered to you that you bought and paid for, order, been waiting on, six weeks, especially around Christmas, boy, they get turned up around Christmas. And they go right on your porch and pirate they take what belongs to you now, people in the world get mad boy they don't they people now putting cameras up fighting back trying to catch these porch pirates to one prevent them from getting what's theirs and if they get it they want to give the police something hey we're going to track them down because that belongs to me I ordered that that was my manifestation In the natural, I released my money for that, and when it arrived, that was my manifestation. So what you release your faith for, it's coming, that's your manifestation. And you and I cannot allow that dumb devil porch pirate to come and snatch what God has already delivered unto us. That faith has been once for all delivered to the saints. I'm preaching better than y'all letting on this. So we've got to contend. Contend. Everybody say contend. Matter of fact, say I'm a contender. I'm a contender. 
What does it contend to mean? I'm a fighter. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Now, that word contend, now y'all have to excuse me. I'm, I'm, uh, I was raised in St. Petersburg. I'm not Greek. But this word contend from the Greek is the Greek word epignozomahi. <laughs> Y'all see the pronunciation at the bottom? Epignozomahi. Something like that. But if you remember this word, epignozomahi, right? You remember last week I gave you two words that looked like this. Now we're talking about the word contend. Now last week, remember we were in 1 Timothy 6.12 again, right? Fight the good fight of faith. That first word fight is the Greek word agonizomai. So all contend is just added the ep to it which means to fight for or fight against. So we're talking about the same words here, the same root. Whether you can call it the word contend or the word faith, or word fight rather, we're talking about there's going to be some kind of struggle, something involved in that. You're going to have to put your hands up. Back in his little kids, they put, put up your dukes. Remember that? Put up your dukes. <laughs> you, you're going to have to fight. And one of the reasons why so many believers are not, are not, thank you, Holy Ghost, are not walking in their manifestation is because of the inability or the, in, or, or the, or the lack of desire to fight. Okay, let me ask this question. Did Jesus say in Mark 16, when he said, these signs shall follow them that believe, was one of the signs that they shall lay hands on the sick and the sick shall recover? Yes? Okay. Jesus has never lied. Not a day in his life and will never lie. In fact, let God be true and every man be a liar. He won't lie. He can't lie. So if he says, we shall lay hands on the sick and the sick shall recover, if I lay hands on the sick, what's supposed to happen? Well, so-and-so didn't recover. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. If they didn't recover, did Jesus lie? No. So if he didn't lie, then the healing must have come. I don't know if I have any people who understand the integrity of the word of God. Do y'all believe in the integrity of the word of God? Do y'all believe in the integrity of the word of God? So if the word of God says it, then it must be true. I don't care about your grandmama and your granddaddy and your uncle P. Heffy and everybody who died from this and that. I I don't care nothing about that. If the word of God is truth, then I don't, I, don't, I don't change how I feel or what I believe based on what somebody else saw or what somebody else did. I live by the word of God, and the word of God must be true. So if healing was released, then healing 
came. Now what happened? Somebody didn't contend. I'll come over here. Somebody didn't contend. Somebody didn't put them dukes up. Y'all don't want to hear this, but this is the right crowd on a Wednesday night, right? Because Sunday morning crowds generally can't handle this kind of stuff. Somebody didn't put their dukes up. If you asked for anything in faith and God cannot lie, if you ask anything according to his will and we know he hears us and if we know he hears us then we also know we have what we ask of him, if you did that and God cannot lie, then whatever you asked for, it was released. I wish I had some believers in this house tonight. So, well, what, Pastor, but I didn't get manifestation. Well, that's not God's fault. Somehow, we didn't put up our dukes and fight for what was ours. Well, I didn't figure I had to fight. I just figured I just asked for it and God gave it to me. Yeah, he did. He did give it to you. But the devil heard you ask for it. You have an adversary, ladies and gentlemen. You got a porch pirate. The porch pirates, the porch pirates follow the delivery vehicles. They learn the routes. They know. They follow them. Give that delivery driver time to pull off. They come right behind him. Sometimes what porch pirates do is they come dressed as a delivery driver. Oh, that just went over somebody's head. They come dressed as a delivery driver to look as if they're bringing something. And in reality, they're coming to steal and kill and destroy. Sometimes the devil, the Bible says, transforms himself into an angel of light. And his ministers also transform themselves into angels and messengers of, of light. And so he'll come with what looks like a delivery. And re in reality, he's coming to still kill and destroy. I don't know if y'all got that. That just. So God is always faithful. So God will always do what he said he will do. Y'all better get that doubt out your mind right now. Some of y'all looking like you're doubting. Do you know, you, do you know when, when, when Sarah finally conceived? The Bible says in Hebrews 11, 11, she finally conceived when she judged him faithful. When she finally said, you know what? He's faithful. And if you and I don't judge him faithful, we will not conceive any of our dreams, any of our ideas, any of our vision, any things we've been asking to manifest, we won't conceive any of it because we've not yet judged him faithful. And we'll let the devil put excuses in our minds. Well, I guess God didn't want me to have that. Well, maybe he said no. Well, what does the Bible say? Is that 2 Corinthians 1.20 or 1 Corinthians 1.20? All of God's promises are, I think it's 2 Corinthians 1.20. All of God's promises are yes. All of the promises of God in him are what? Yes. All of his promises are what? Yes. 
All of his promises are what? Say it again. Yes. Yes, all of them. Boy, boy, boy. I see some of y'all just like, ah, no. All of them. I'm, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm, not on, I'm not on script here, media. Put up Matthew 7 and verse 7 and 8. Because you got to get this in your spirit here tonight. Some of y'all believe in God for some things here. Now, is, it, is this in red? So who's talking? We said he can't lie. He said, ask, and maybe I'll think about it. And ask, come on, and what? Put up verse 8. For what? I don't know if y'all getting this here. For everyone who asks, what's the problem? You got a porch prior, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> now we just now y'all 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 still y'all y'all are leaving me hanging tonight. All his promises are yes and amen. Second Corinthians 1 20. First John 5, 14 and 15. If we ask him in accordance with his will, we know he hears us, we know he hears us. We also know we have the things we ask of him, right? Now, Matthew 7, verse 7 and 8, everyone who asks receives. I mean, I don't know, I don't know about y'all, but if, if I had just those three texts right there, that's enough to ride out on the rest of my life. To never go without. I said to never go without. To never struggle anymore. Well, if I had two more amens, I might even quit. To never struggle another day in your life. Nah, you know, I just... I'm just telling you this, this is what I did. I did. I went through and found in the words of Jesus and throughout the New Testament every scripture that says something like this. And I wrote them all down, and I also put them on my computer. So when I stared at my computer, because that's why I do most of my, all my work, and I see these scriptures are stro- strolling all day. My, my screensaver was these scriptures. I did. I did. I was meditating the word. Until I became fully persuaded. I'm way off topic now, but I think. But I'm, try, I'm trying to get you to, to get what I'm saying. Because, because see, ain't no need in you. But like this, you will not contend. You will not fight if somehow you don't believe you're not fully persuaded that God even answered you. So that's why we got this little detour for this, these few moments right here. I'm trying to get everybody back on the same script. Because I'm looking some of your eyes like you're not even convinced yet that God will actually do what you've asked him to do. But you've got to become fully convinced. 
If I were you, if if I'm not fully convinced yet, I go through the scriptures. Go through from Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, through from Acts to Revelation and find out every scripture where God said, if you ask this, I will do this. So you can have some evidence from the word of God that he'll bring to pass what you've asked him for. Hallelujah. 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 And then you have some foundation for a fight. Now, this word fight, let me, let me get back on track. Let's get a little bit here tonight. Agonism, I, I'm just going to say it the way I want to say it. To enter a contest, to contend in the gymnastic games, to contend, listen, listen to this, to contend with adversaries. To contend with adversaries. Y'all see that? To fight. Metamorphically, uh, metaphorically, rather, it means to contend, to struggle with difficulties and dangers. Watch this. To endeavor with strenuous zeal. Not them half-hearted fight, but with bulldog faith, some tenacity, some gumption to strive to obtain something. Now, it comes from this Greek word, G73, agon, which means to struggle, literally to compete for a prize, figuratively to contend with an adversary, or genitive case, to endeavor to accomplish something. It means to fight, to labor fervently, to strive. From these words, we get this, this, the, the English word agony. Right? Agony in the dictionary means intense pain or of mind or body. It means a violent struggle or contest. Now, we're not looking forward to violent struggles. But you know the, the dangerous thing that can happen when you get into a faith church, word of faith, you can almost somehow get this misconception that you just confess it and it just comes to you right away. I confess six days, Lord. Here it comes. Or I sowed a seed and here it comes. No hindrance. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that couldn't be farther from the truth. It's a fight. And this word talks about fighting to labor fervently, to strive. It means intense pain of mind or body, a violent struggle or contest. Remember in Matthew 11? In verse 12, Jesus says these words. He says, and from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers what? And the violent take it by force. No. Okay, Luke 12, 32. Jesus says this. He says that it is your father's, he says, fear not, little flock. It is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. To give it to you. He wants you to have it. 
And yet, Jesus also says here that the violent take it by force. Not because God is resisting you. Not because God doesn't want to give it to you. It's your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. What is the kingdom? Well, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. It's, all, it's, it's the full enterprise of God. Oh, you understand that? It's the full enterprise of God. But he says the violent take it by force. They have to, in fact, switch to the Amplified Classic, please. Amplified Classic. Glory to God. Look what it says here in um, Matthew eleven twelve. Matthew eleven twelve in Amplified Classic. Hallelujah. And from the days of John the Baptist until the present time, the kingdom of heaven has endured violent assault. And violent men seize it, come on, by forth as a precious prize. A share in the heavenly kingdom is sought with most ardent zeal and intense exertion. My God. Can you see this tonight? That the kingdom of God, although God wants to freely, he gets pleasure out of giving it to us. You have an adversary, the devil, who's doing his best to keep you and me from ever grabbing hold of it. And you've got to get some violence in your spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Some of you know, remember when you got saved. I mean, for real, for real. Not when you just gave your hand to some man. I mean, when you really got saved, you had to get violent. Because the devil was trying to come at you and pull you back out into doing this and doing that. I'm not, I won't name all the sins. I don't want to mess with anybody. He, he want to pull you into doing this and doing that and people are calling you still. And you had to violently erase that number. Violently block that number. That, that's violence. Now I got to cut you off. Because I'm serious about this kingdom. I'm serious about my walk with God. I'm serious about my salvation. I'm serious about Jesus. Little folk might want to play around and dibble dabble and go back and forth and ride on the fence, but I can't play on the fence. I got violent about my new walk with Jesus Christ. Then, as my wife and I began to learn about the kingdom of God, whoa, we had to get more violent. We had to shut off the television and shut out friends and shut out some family. Because we had to step over into the kingdom. We had, we had to fight against all the tradition. How many of y'all know you get, people get saved and they still try to carry on tradition? Especially if you've been in church your whole life. How many of y'all were already in church before you got saved? When you're in church before you get saved and all of a sudden now you get saved, you got to get rid of a whole lot of tradition. Jesus said in Mark 7 that your traditions make the word of God of no effect. Your, your traditions will neutralize the power of the word of God in your life. We got to shake off these traditions that we've had. That requires some violence. Because when you've always done things a certain way, All of a sudden, God is trying to tell you, no, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Renewing your mind is violent. 
You ever seen a contractor or subcontractor go in and they're going to renovate some property? They don't go in on drywall and unscrew all the drywall. We're going to unscrew drywall and peel tape. They come in with a sledgehammer. Come on, now help me out. They come in with a sledgehammer and they get violent. They knock stuff down. Because they're going to renovate. They're going to renew something. They're going to transform this house. And if you're going to renew your house, transform your life, you got to get violent and knock down everything that's not like God and pluck up every plant that our Father has not planted and lay the axe to the root of every tree God has not planted in your life. Access to a root that's violent. People don't rub on a tree with an axe. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Have you ever seen a nice fight? There ain't no fight, man. What y'all playing? Patty cake or something? What's this? What's the, what y'all doing? Y'all gonna fight or what? Only people who have a nice fight are people who don't really want to fight. They're scared. They're going to circle around three times and all that kind of stuff. But people who really fight, who feel threatened or trying to defend themselves, they're going to pick up a brick. They're going to kick in the worst places. Break a bottle on, come on now. It don't matter if I got to cut you, I'm going to fight. Tell your neighbor you got to fight for your life, come on. Tell somebody else you got to fight for your life. You have to fight for what is yours already. Do y'all see this here? Go back to 1 Timothy 6, 12. 1 Timothy 6, 12. Hallelujah. Y'all got a few more minutes here? Uh-uh. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Lay hold on eternal life. Now, here's the question. Don't we already have eternal life? Y'all know John 3.16. For God so loved the world that gave his only begotten son. So whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Everlasting and eternal come from the same Greek word. Same Greek word. You look it up. So, if you believe in him, you will not perish but have eternal life. Now, let me ask this question. How many of y'all believe on him? I I pretty much assume you wouldn't be here on a Wednesday night. (laughs) Right? Folk who don't believe him ain't ain't coming on a Sunday. So, you come on a Wednesday, I assume you already believe on him. Right? So, we have it. Now, let's look at 1 John. 1 John 5, verse 11 through 13. Look at 1 John 5, verse 11 through 13. Look at what it says here. And this is the testimony, colon. 
Here is the witness. He, he talks in verse uh, 9 and 10 about the witness of God, right? Verse 11, and this is the testimony. This is the witness. Here it is. That God has given us. Has is past. Given is past. So he has given us eternal life, and this life is in, come on, his son. Verse 12, he who has the son has life, eternal life. He who does not have the son of God does not have life. But I have his son. Verse 13. These things I've written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know, that you may know, oh Jesus, that you may know that you have eternal life. He says, I've written some things as evidence so you can know you have this. So you can have title deed. You can have confirmation. Glory to God. And that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. So notice this when it says believe, you're talking about exercising your faith, right? Amen. So he's, here's the witness. We have eternal life. Yes. Got it? Now remember Paul talks about though in 1 Timothy, this is John writing, but Paul says in 1 Timothy 6.12, he says, lay hold on it. Fight the good fight of faith so you can lay hold on it. But Paul's telling us, but John's telling us here, we already have it. But you have it. Now, let me help you here. Because there's eternal life, listen to me, this is very, very good here, very good. There's eternal life, people say, okay, I know when I die, I'm going to heaven. Well, wonderful, good for you. Good for you. That's what we all want to make sure of. Right? That right? We want to make sure we're, when we die, we're going to heaven. Right. Or when Jesus Christ comes in the rapture, we're going back with him. We want to make sure of that. We have that. That's assured. But this life goes beyond. He didn't say that you may know you may have the afterlife. He said eternal life. Now, if you understand eternal, that God is eternal... God is eternal. When did God start? Wait, come on now. Come on, y'all. When did God start? Right? Okay, thank you. Y'all, it's about the beginning. No, God never started. God never started. God was, was and is and is to come. He was and is and is to come. The book of Psalms, the Bible says, from everlasting to everlasting. If you were to take a ray that goes on, on both ends, either direction, from everlasting as far back as you can go into infinity past and infinity future, he's God. He's eternal. The Bible says you and I have eternal life. So that means that, etern that the life he's talking about cannot, cannot mean that it starts after you die. The eternal life started, I, I, can't, I almost can't even say that. 
eternal life has been here since God's been here. And all that happened was when you get saved, now you have it. Oh, Jesus, help me with this. In other words, eternal life didn't start when you got saved. Just when you got saved, you just got it. Are y'all catching what I'm saying to you? There's always been eternal life. When all that was sin. There's always been eternal life. When God created Adam and Eve, if they had not stepped into sin, they would have still been on this planet. Because God created them as eternal beings, just like him in his own image. So there's always been this eternal life. Because it's eternal. When you and I get saved, he said, if uh, we believe in him, John 3.16, we will not perish, but now we'll have it. (laughs) Not started after you lay across this altar. Now you'll have it. You'll have it. So my eternal life didn't, doesn't start when I go to heaven. Eternal life was released to me when I believed in Jesus. Y'all got this here? Does that make sense to y'all tonight? I, I pray for clarity. Now, now let's go a little deeper with this here. Some of you all know this already, but I just want to reiterate in your spirits. This word life itself, I I just described to you what eternal means. But let's look at the word life. It's the Greek word zao or zoe, we could call it, depending on what side of tracks you're from. You can pronounce it different ways. Look at what it says here. It means the absolute fullness of life. Now, wait a minute. So we're not just talking about you being alive and you never dying. It means the absolute fullness of life, comma, which belongs to God. Wait, 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 wait. The life which belongs to God. We like to call it the God kind of life. It's the God life. It's the God life. It is the life of God. And he said, when you believe on Jesus, you have it. Oh, God. Okay, we better keep reading then because that that didn't move you. Life real and genuine. This is just not talking about you living and breathing. It's not that. This is real life, genuine life. Then it says a life active and vigorous. That means not you getting worse and worse as you age. Devoted to God, blessed. Blessed. Watch, in the portion even in this world, uh-oh, this is for all the, all the afterlife people, in the portion even in this world, oh, I'm going to come over here, I'm going to find somebody, blessed 
in the portion even in this world. Pastor, you're making this up. Pull out your own little dictionary. Pull out your own, pull out your own concordance. I'm not making this up. You go to a Greek letter, Greek number 2222. That's Zoe. 2222, you're going to find this word. And I didn't add anything. I didn't take anything away. Blessed in the portion, even in this world, of those who put their trust in Christ. Thank you, Lord. Thank now, how many of y'all have put your trust in Christ? So he says, this life, blessed even in this world, the fullness of life, the God life, even in this world. Not in a sweet by and by. Not in the land over yonder. Not when we all get together. Not on the shores of the bank or whatever. The, down by the riverside, all that kind of stuff we sing about. Right now in this life. He says, and you have it. So you and I have the God life. Oh, Jesus. Uh, let, let, me, let, me, let me give you a little, little more backup. Let me give you a little more backup. Put up John 10.10. 10. John 10.10. 10. You know in, in, in the King James, New King James says, I can't that you might have life and might have it more abundantly, right? Yes. Now, we know we like an Amplified Classic. The thief comes only in order to steal, kill, and destroy. He says, I came that they may have and enjoy Zoe. It's the exact same Greek word. And have it in abundance. Come on, how? The fullness of life. Fullness of life. Fullness of life. Everybody say, I have it. I have it. Well, why am I struggling? Why am I battling? Why am I going through all this mess? Because you may have to step up your fight. Because there's a porch pirate who every time God delivers something to you, who's coming to snatch away what God has for you. He's coming away to snatch your peace, coming away to snatch your joy, coming to snatch your mind, coming to snatch your health, coming to snatch your money, coming to snatch your marriage, coming to snatch your children. Coming to snatch your anointing. The God life includes all of those things. And he says we have it. Hallelujah. I can't that you might have life and might have it more abundantly. Are y'all hearing this here? Let me try to round this out here. I got, I got five minutes here. Let me finish this out. 2 Peter 1.3. This same word life. I want you to see, the, see what you have, Robert. I want you to know what you have. Little Baker, I want you to know what you have. Tell your neighbor, you need to know what you have. Huh? Sister Carol testified about getting that rental car. And in that rental car, she went ahead and paid for that extra coverage. She said $20 a day, she said, but it was worth it for the peace of mind. Because she knew that if anything happened, she knew what she had. When you know what you have, you can rest easy. When you know what you have, 
yourself, you can get up in the morning and praise your God and head on to work. When you get up in the morning, when you know what you have, come hell or high water, doesn't matter what the devil brings in your life, you know what you have. You know that no matter what he brings, you have something on the inside of you. You have something that's already been given to you that can send up to anything the devil brings in your life. You know what you have. Most of the body of Christ doesn't even know what they have, let alone know how to fight for it. 2 Peter 1.3, notice what Peter says here by the Holy Ghost. He says, as his divine power, that's the power of God, has given to us, come on, all things that pertain to Zoe. It's the same Greek word. I don't have to fabricate this. It's the same Greek word. He says his power, his divine power, has given us everything that pertains to, everything that goes with this life. Well, I wish y'all would grab a hold of this here. In other words, I can say it like this. I have everything I need. I have everything I need. That pertains to life and godliness. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Life and godliness. God-likeness. That means that I don't have to go in the world to get what I need and give up my godliness. See, that's what the devil wants to do. He wants to get the people of God to start compromising on godliness, trying to get the things that pertain to life. That's what Jesus said in Matthew 6.33. Y'all know Matthew 6.33? Do y'all know Matthew 6.33? But seek ye first, come on, the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things that pertain to life and godliness shall be added to you. You don't need to chase anything in the world. If you would just chase God, God will cause the things to chase you. You do not have to compromise your integrity, your honesty, your dignity, your walk with God. Never. Why? He's already given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Can you say hallelujah? I got it, man. I got it. Now, all right, let's, let's just finish this up here. So according to 1 Timothy 6, 12 now, I've got to fight the good fight of faith Because it says, that's how I lay hold. I lay hold. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If your keys were laying on a table and you wanted to go to the store, they're your keys to your car. But if you never reach out and lay hold of your keys, You can't go anywhere. So you and I have eternal life, this everlasting God life, but we have to do something to lay hold of it or to apprehend it or to manifest it. What do we have to do? Fight 
It's written in the scripture. Fight the good fight of faith. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In other words, I got to be really daring. I got to have the courage to fight. I got to have the courage, y'all said it a moment ago, to contend for it. Contend for it. I'm, I'm, thank you, Holy Spirit. Let me show you contend. Go back to the book of Jude. I just heard that word there, contend. Look at book of Jude. Verse 9. Verse 9. Remember Moses? Y'all remember Moses? Led Israel out of Egypt. And they were headed to the promised land. And Moses himself, because he got over into a little uh, issue, he didn't make it. But God told him to go up and climb up on the mountain and look over it. And then he said it will come, come up on this mountain and die there. God told him to go up there and die. <laughs> God had to tell him to die. 120 years old, he was, his natural strength was not abated. He had full eyesight. Full strength, full eyesight. He was strong as an ox at 120 years old. Under the old covenant. Say under the, under the old covenant. If God hadn't told him to die, he wouldn't have died. He would just been he kept on going many years ago. So when he died, the Bible tells us that we don't know the children of Israel don't know where he, he laid his body, where his body is. Look at this, verse nine. Verse nine. Yet Michael, the archangel, in Contending with the devil when he disputed about the body of Moses, dared not bring against him a reviling accusation, but said, The Lord rebuke you. Now, notice the fact says that Michael, the archangel, that's the chief of all the military of heaven. And it says, he contended with the devil about Moses' body. Which meant, Moses, which meant the devil was trying to get Moses' body. Now, what, Moses, what the devil's going to do with Moses' body, I don't know. But the angel, archangel, made sure he got it. Which means that Moses' body is probably not on that mountain. Hallelujah. We know the devil didn't get it because in the 17th chapter of Matthew, Jesus goes up on the Mount of Transfiguration. And here comes Moses <laughs> talking to Jesus. Along with another guy, Elijah, who didn't die. As a side note, I happen to believe it'll be Moses and Elijah who'll come back as those two prophets that Revelation talks about. Yeah. 
but he contended for his body. He fought for it. Moses was, although Moses messed up, he was still God's man. Are y'all seeing this here? Michael is contending, fighting the devil for Moses' body. And then it goes on to say, he dared not bring against him a reviling accusation, but said, the Lord rebuke you. That's why we teach here, you don't go and say, hey, Satan, I rebuke you. You know you say, Satan, the Lord rebuke you. Because even Michael didn't say, the Lord, he didn't say, I rebuke you. He said, the Lord rebuke you. The Lord rebuke you. Somebody say you got to contend, you got to fight. Now, okay. Everything else works this way. We're talking about fighting for the faith, your life, your Zoe life. Put up Ephesians 1 3, please. Ephesians 1 3. Y'all just write that down. Just look on the screen. Ephesians 1 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us. Come on. In the heavenly places in Christ. So he has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. But there's somebody, I'm going to just call him a porch pirate, who keeps snatching. And you and I have to start fighting. 1 Peter 2.24. 1 Peter 2.24. Jesus himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree. That we, having died to sins, did we already die to sins? might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. You were healed. You were healed. Y'all got this? Okay, go to Ephesians 6 real quick. Let me read two more. Ephesians 6. Oh, gosh. Woo-wee. Ephesians 6, verse 10. If you're going to fight, you got to be like this. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. If you're going to fight, put on the whole armor of God that you may may be able to stand against the wiles of the porch pirate. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against what? And powers. Against who? Against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, if you're going to fight, if you're going to contend, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Listen, the word stand doesn't mean stand. That word stand is a military term. Like Custer's last stand in the military. It's a, st- it's a, it's a resistance. It's putting them dukes up. Having done all to put them dukes up. Having done all, I'm going to fight. I'm gonna, if I got to fight, I'm going to knock. If I got to knock it down, I'm going to knock it down. Having done all to fight. To not keep retreating. Tell your neighbor, stop retreating. No, we advance. In the kingdom, we advance. In the kingdom, we don't have retreats. We know, we're not going to have no marriage retreats, no couples retreats, and no boys retreats, and no, no women's retreats. No, we're going to have advances. 
in the kingdom we don't retreat, we advance. Having done all to stand, to advance. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you tonight? Upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. When Jesus said that, he's not talking about you sitting there waiting for the devil to hit you upside your head. He's saying you go up against his gates. Go in and take back what the devil stole from you. Go in and take back everything that the devil has grabbed in your life. Last place, 2 Timothy 3, 2 Corinthians 10. 2 Corinthians 10. We're done. 2 Corinthians 10. Oh, I'm going to fight. I'm not just going to give up my peace. I'm not just going to let you have my mind. I feel like I'm losing my mind. What should I do? Fight! Fight for your life! Fight for your peace! Fight for your marriage! Fight for your children! Fight for your ministry! Fight for your anointing! Don't let the devil just come in and take what belongs to you. If somebody came and came and slapped your child, you wouldn't. So when it comes to the things of the spirit, don't just sit there and let the devil just slap you and your child and your marriage. Second Corinthians 10, 3. Watch this. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war. We do not war. Why? Because it's not a fleshly battle. We just read back in Ephesians that we're not wrestling against flesh and blood. We're wrestling against principalities and powers and darkness and spiritual hosts of wickedness. So though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. Verse 4, for the weapons of our warfare. Y'all hear this tonight? So I'm talking about fighting. I'm, talk, I'm not talking about you literally putting your dukes up. I don't want y'all going, hunting anybody down to fight anybody, putting a gun up. You're going to go to jail. I'm talking about you in the spirit rising up with your weapons of faith, prayer, seed, fasting. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, they're not fleshly, but mighty in God. For pulling down what? Now those strongholds, you got to first pull down it in your own mind. People have been pulling out strongholds way out here. I'm pulling out strongholds out there. No, the first strongholds, are in, they're in your mind. You got to be transformed by the knowing of your mind. You got you to you pull down those things the devil's trying to, that he's putting there, he's established, that tells you you're not going to make it. God's not going to bless you. He's not going to heal your body. Those strongholds, pull that stuff down. He says, for the weapons of warfare are not carnal. He says, cast, okay, where we go? <laughs> Give me verse 4. Verse 4. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Now go, casting down arguments. King James says imaginations. Casting down the imaginations of your head. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every captivity, every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Every thought, every thought the devil's bringing into your mind, 
That's where the fight is. The battlefield is between your ears. The battlefield is in your own mind. If you win the battlefield of the mind, nothing out here can stop you. You, if you would just renew your mind, nothing out here can stop you. And being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. You have eternal life. By faith, fighting by faith. You lay hold of it. it. That's why, ladies and gentlemen, it's so important for you and me, every one of us, to meditate on the scriptures. To know what God has said, what God has spoken, what God has promised, and not let the news and the media dictate to us what our life expectancy should be, how we should expect things to go. No, I'm going to go in God's word and let his word dictate to me my life expectancy and my life expectations. And if my life doesn't line up with what he said, I got to fight. Fight what? I got to fight this fight of faith. I'm going I'm to get in there. This, this was important to what Lager said. She, was, she had done all these things. She had, she had sown her seed. She had gotten a prayer partner. And she had done so and so forth. And she was praising God. But she said, wait, wait, what's my word? Because you're going to fight with the word. And when you have the word, the Bible calls it the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. It's the word of God. Amen. Amen. I have eternal life. life. And I fight for it. I fight for for what's mine. God gave it to me. It belongs to me. me. I receive it. And I thank God for it. Now get on your feet and give God a big praise tonight. Hallelujah. Come on, give God a true praise tonight for the word of God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We have Everything that pertains to life in God. Lord God, thank you tonight for the word. Thank you, Lord, that you've given us tonight the tools, resources, firepower (laughs) by the word of God to fight against that enemy who wants to steal, kill, and destroy, who wants to keep us from walking into the fullness of what you have for us, God. And God, we know that according to your word, we have all these things. They're ours. We have the God life. And God, we will not allow the devil to keep on uh, holding on to and snatching from us what rightfully belongs to us. And God, we not only say this about us individually, Lord, but even us as a church, that we won't allow the devil to continue just to take what belongs to us. And we we say as the body of Christ, we won't, won't let the devil take what belongs to the body of Christ. For God, we are the body of Christ, the very body of Christ. And what's upon the head is on the body. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
So even as the head, Jesus Christ walked in the fullness, the fullness of God. We will walk in the fullness of God all the days of our lives. Now I pray, Father, these your people will walk in that fullness and begin to expect and experience the fullness of life that you've already given to us. We thank you and we praise you that the fight is already fixed and the victory belongs to us. We give you praise for it all in Jesus' name. We do pray. Amen. Amen. And amen. Give God a big hand cup of praise tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God.